Thanks so much for joining us. Denny Long has the day off. He'll be back tomorrow morning. We're pleased to be joined by Andy Lindis on the Home Improvement Show. Steve Thompson in today. Andy, how have you been? It's been a, it's been a wild week, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> you can say that again. Uh, you know, uh, we're doing well. We are, we are. Uh, our team is... Uh, nothing short of astounding this week, as I'm sure you can imagine. Everyone's going through the, the same stuff, lots of policy changes, um, all new procedures for disinfecting, social distancing, a lot of people working from home. Some people, uh, you know, we've had, uh, you know, find out who's high risk uh, and and have them either work from home or take a, a leave of absence, and we're working our way through all of that. Um, supplies seem to be doing just fine. We're talking every government official we can we that will listen to us to figure out what's the safe thing to do. You know, it's a it's an it's an ultimate worry. You know, a lot of our a lot of our customers are in that. You know, in in a lot of seniors that we work with, so we worry about that. Uh, the last thing we want to do is something that uh, can be dangerous or not do our part. So we're just trying to work our way through that. We're working uh, all new policies again this weekend, and uh, we're going to see uh, where the where the pieces <laughs> all fall on Monday. Um, we even gotten so far, uh, we're going to do health screenings come on Monday with every one of our employees that is going to go out into the field. Um, if we go out into the field, we just, uh, we're just working our way through that. I can tell you one thing, though, Steve, I'm, I keep talking to businesses around the country, and I'm really thankful for the network and the local people that we get to talk to on a regular basis and the transparency that every business, uh, including Shannon at uh, CCO, she's been just the the two conversations I've been able to have with her. It's been just really reassuring to see what the information that everyone is getting and, and sharing out there. But I keep hearing from businesses laying people off and i get it um everyone's scared but me personally the more i I, I look at this the more i see a a back end of it uh you know this is a tangible thing that i think that if we can get through this and with the being able to keep all of your employees you know whole by with the sick pay and the the fmla and businesses being able to recoup that money eventually I just don't I don't see a need to lay anybody off. I know I started out the goal of the year trying to add 20% uh employees uh more employees this year and I'm still going to keep that goal. I still have optimism. I but we want to be safe and we're trying to work our way through that. It's just uh there's so much unknown, Steve. It really is. Yeah. Uh we're, we're figuring it out and I'm telling you, customers have been awesome to work with. Uh, the the phone conversations, the amount of video conferencing I've done this week has been a lot of fun. In fact, uh, we have cocktail video conference with uh, other contractors around the country tomorrow at 2 p.m. I'm actually looking forward to a 2 p.m. Sunday conference call, if you can believe that. <laughs> yeah, and it is it is difficult times for, for everyone in every endeavor. And you talked about your colleagues in the business around the country, but all the great suppliers that, that you've talked about on this program over the years. And I'm sure you're in constant contact w- with those firms as well that, that supply these great products that your crews I- install on, on homes all over the area. Yeah, and that's and, and, and that's a fine line to walk of, of what we're doing. Not only it's you know the 150 people that that, that work out of our, out of our office, it's 
you know, the people at the GAF factory in Minneapolis or the the people at the LP factory in Two Harbors or Tomahawk, Wisconsin, um, Aero Building Center, Beacon Supply, Home Depot Menards, everyone is uh, really pulling together. And I've never experienced the tremendous transparency that every business has and every contractor that I've been able to talk to. You know, everyone, you know, about a month ago, everyone is so guarded about, you know, they're going to give up their secret sauce and 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 they're all their secrets, their trade secrets. But there's none of that anymore. I mean, everyone is trying to figure this out. And I'm finding that all of uh, the collective talks that we're having has been it's just been really helpful and I'm tremendously grateful and my people are strong here man they've been a I, I I've had this week uh, a few different employees offer up their salary to any of my other employees that may need it if times get tough I've had elder state uh, salesmen give up uh, what they've labeled as juicy leads to other younger salesmen that are just starting out to make sure that they're getting some income here. And uh, my HR team has been all hands on deck, Steve. It's been it's been fun. You know, it's been a fun, fast week if uh, dealing with this stuff just because of all of the come together that I've seen. It's been I don't want to use the word refreshing because it is still scary. But uh, I'm I truly do think there's an end to this and. I think uh, if everybody just uh, holds on a little bit, we're going to get through it. Yeah, pull together for sure. Andy Lindus, our home improvement show, Lindus Construction, and, of course, uh, the website, lindusconstruction.com. We should put out our phone number if you want to talk to Andy. I know a lot of people are spending a lot more time at home and probably mm-hmm. noticing uh, and, and seeing their to-do list grow at home. Uh, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. If you want to talk to Andy about that home improvement project, we certainly would love to hear from you. And that's good on the phone lines and our text line as well here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. And let's get started from the text line today, if you don't mind, Andy. And this is really a good one. And I think anybody that has a home that's been around for a while, particularly when it comes to siding, this is going to be a big challenge. Where would you recommend to buy a piece of vinyl siding to replace a damaged one? The siding is 20 years old. Ooh. That's going to be a very hard uh, match, to be honest with you, because the vinyl is going to be faded. Um, but me, well, like uh, when it comes to vinyl siding, Allside, Aero Building Center, Beacon Supply, any of the, the building supply stores, you're probably going to be a little bit better off. But you're going to – I would put your chances at finding a match at very slim. And even if you find the right color – it's not going to be the same because if you just look on, like pull up one of the seams and look behind the siding, how much darker it is mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the siding, that's what the new piece is going to be, and it's going to stand out. You might end up having to replace that that wall, or or you can paint. Yeah, and Andy, it's going to stand out. The old saying, stand out like a sore thumb. It It is going to really, and I found that. I had a downspout damaged on my house. Now it was built in the 50s. The previous owners put new gutters on it maybe 20 years ago. And even trying to match a downspout was impossible to, to get it to look right. 
Yeah, it's uh, trying to, you know, stuff fades over time. Uh, you know, some of the materials that they're making nowadays and maybe in the last 10 years isn't going to fade nearly as much. But when you when, when you look at finish warranties for almost every building product, it's not a matter of it, if it's faded, it's, it's that it's going to fade uniformly. So it, it you don't get the, the, the patchiness of, of the product. So it's going to be really hard to match anything older than 10 years. Now, on the vinyl siding, you mentioned painting it. Is that an option if he is able to find something that, you know, is a similar design? Could he ultimately paint his vinyl siding, paint the house, if you will? Uh, you know, uh, as Denny always says, you, you could paint a coach if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it is a, a paintable product. You just want to make sure it's prepped just like anything else, and you can prime it and paint it. And once you paint, you have to continue the painting process. All right, we've got a break. We'll come back with more. It is the Home Improvement Show. Andy Lindis joining from Lindis Construction. And, of course, the Home Improvement Show comes your way each and every Saturday morning between 9 and 10 a.m. here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. It is our Home Improvement Show with Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction, the number 1-800-LEAVE-CARD. And, of course, uh, the website L-I-N-D-U-S construction.com, lindusconstruction.com. And Andy joining us, 23 degrees, sunny skies. And we want to remind you, the phone number is 651-989-9226. That is good for a call or text, 651-989-9226. And Andy, before the break, we joked about uh, a little bit painting vinyl siding. You could even paint a couch. I love that. Over the years, I've had a couple of couches that probably needed a good coat of paint, especially <laughs> in my younger days, for sure. But uh, um, we 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 did get a text, and, and this is appropriate. Uh, someone had a drop ceiling in their basement, and husband put a champagne cork through one of the tiles and said they were able to go and find that exact tile um, years and years after at a local retailer so uh, some of those drop ceiling tiles haven't changed in a long time so that's that's a good thing that is a good thing and it's uh the nice thing about drop ceiling tiles you usually stay out of the sun so you don't have to worry about fading <laughs> with those um yeah. uh, dennis said that we had a, a good text too uh, idea for that vinyl siding is uh, go take a piece uh, from the back of the garage that no one really sees Put that one on the front of the house and take the take the new one that's going to stand out and put that somewhere on the back of the house. It might be a, a good compromise there for you. At least you're not wrecking your curb appeal. Yeah, for sure. And uh, not having to reside your entire house. I know over the years here on the Home Improvement Show, you've talked about vinyl siding. It is not your first choice. There are, there are a lot of other products out there that, that you prefer. Yeah, you know, we get asked about the foam back vinyl every now and then, but by the time you spend the money on a product like that, you might as well go to one of the seamless steel options. Uh, there's some really awesome box steel options that Quality Edge just came out with this year um, that we've uh, we've had some customers really excited about. Uh, and, of course, the, the LP Smart Side with the, the diamond coat finish. When, when, you, when you start to price out what the foam back vinyl is and what some of the steel products are and what the LP is, it's... It's, customers never choose the vinyl. They just they just don't. I mean, they're all priced real similar to each other when you get to the higher-end vinyl, and and it just doesn't come with the warranties or the durability for our market and the type of expansion contraction we have to expect here when we go from 
You know, it could be 105 degrees in, in August or minus 40 in February. We don't know. So that's a, that's a big swing that we have to worry about. Once upon a time, steel siding was a big deal. It's interesting to see that it's come back. It has, um, and there's uh, the, the finishes that are available and how it's installed. Uh, there's there's some really cool things coming down. We just are supposed to get our first samples of it this week too. So we haven't even haven't tried it on a house yet. I will be uh, testing it like we do everything else on on some houses before we bring it out to the public. But uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm pretty excited about it though. It is a home improvement show. Andy Lindis joining us each and every Saturday morning between 9 and 10 a.m. We have a number of texts lined up. Here's that number. If you have a, a question for Andy about a home improvement project, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Uh, Mike and Faribault, uh, I'm doing a home remodel this summer. How do I get an R40 in the sidewall construction uh, and and upgrade the insulation in sidewalls easily? Or is there an easy way to do it? Uh, did he say this was new construction, Steve? Yeah, he said he's doing a home remodel this summer and wants to get R40 in the sidewall. Uh, so, and then... Uh, wants to upgrade the insulation in the ceilings as well. I'm sure that's a little bit easier, but how do you upgrade? Is it spray and foam is really the only way to go? Um, yeah, for to get to an R40, I'm uh, looking it up right now. Um, yeah, it's original construction from inches. 78. I should know this off the top of my head, but I just, uh, for whatever reason, I don't have it. Of spray foam, I think it's like an R3.6 per inches, R3.7 per inches. So in order to get to an R40, you're going to need about, what is that, 12 inches of spray foam. So that's a really thick sidewall. Two-by-six construction is typically what we're seeing. And I think, uh, so that's that's going way too far on on your sidewall it's going to be almost impossible unless you're seeing there's some test homes like in canada that have been done with like four inches of foam on the exterior of the wall we have an r6 product that is only five millimeters thick that goes on the exterior of the wall and couple that with uh you know uh two by six construction of four inches of spray foam and, and you're at the r20 ish range so you know that's a that's a pretty good sidewall and typically you're not getting a lot of your heat loss in your sidewalls. Um, it's going to be in your attic. And when I look at people's homes and about how to make them more energy efficient, it's it usually comes down to attic air sealing, ventilation, intake a lot of times is an issue, and then trying to get the attic up to like an R50, even an R60. But uh, sometimes that's not very doable. Um, and it's usually a combination of spray foam and cellulose that we're installing up there. Andy Lindis joining us. It is a home improvement show. It is 926 here at News Talk 830 WCCO. Is spray foam in the sidewalls? Uh, typical retrofit in older homes. I have a 50s style ranch, and my wife is always complaining, particularly the north wall of this house. It's always cold to the touch on those really, really cold winter days. I mean, is, mm-hmm. is that something we, we could do and get someone in to fill that with foam? You know, you could, but it's not. I don't think that's the problem. To be honest with yeah. you, Steve, um, the 
unless you're removing siding or removing interior walls, being able to spray foam it well is a very difficult task. Um, there's going to be some voids. There's other insulation in there that the spray foam isn't going to adhere to as well. So I, I, I tend to tell people not to do that. And in fact, what I'm thinking you're feeling in there is when it gets really, really cold outside, you're, you're, you're feeling stack effect. The, the pressure difference from the outside, you're actually starting to pull air down the walls from your attic. That cold air is then coming down your walls and it's coming out outlets, it's coming out window trim. People a lot of times think that their windows are bad. They think their windows are leaking air, but it's not. It's air, it's the pressure from the outside. It's actually pulling air from your attic down. Now imagine that Two, you have a rodent issue in your attic, and now all of that air is traveling through rodent droppings and insulation. That's a lot of times when we get up there, the pink insulation is dark black or brown or gray um, instead of what it was when we originally installed it or whoever originally installed it because it's just a giant filter. And, Andy, that's something your your crews come out and give, give you a whole picture. If you say, well, my outside wall is cold, you, you really take a look at the whole system, if you will, to get to the bottom of what the issue is. Yeah, of, of course we want to find out, you know, what room is the most uncomfortable in your house or what is your, you know, your biggest problem area. But unless you look at the entire house as, like like you said, the, the big picture and really start to know the, you know, the building sciences and how this home is working and how it's breathing. And um, a lot of times you can do more more harm than good if you're just you know, attacking one thing without really inspecting. And, you know, our people are going to have um, a, a digital smoke stick. Uh, it's basically like a vape stick where you can go around and it tells you where the air is moving. We have infrared imaging. We have we have cameras we can put into wall cavities. We have moisture meters. Um, a, a variety of diagnostic tools to really let us know what's going on in the house. And if we're having a hard time, we can break out our blower door test, which is going to pressurize the house in a way that's really going to emphasize all of the air leaks in the house so we can really see it. And we can tack the ceiling, uh, the attic air ceiling, the way the way it should be done. And, and right now, it's usually not needed, but uh, as the temperatures warm up here and the temperatures outside become the same temperatures as it is, is inside, it gets harder to find the, the problem areas. Quick break. We have more on the Home Improvement Show. By the way, our phone number is 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. You can call or text the program. We'll have a quick update on the weather. And then more of the Home Improvement Show with Andy Lindis, brought to you by Lindis Construction, here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. It is a Home Improvement Show, Saturday mornings between 9 and 10 a.m. with Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction, 1-800-LEAVE-CARD or online at lindisconstruction.com. And Andy, we should go to the phone lines. Some folks are waiting to visit with us. Let's start with Rick and Blaine. Rick, you're on the air with Andy. It looks like i got a big project ahead of me this summer. Um, the gap between um, the garage floor and then the apron there. I've had erosion there, and I've kind of patched it up over the years. In fact, I think I talked to somebody last year about getting that strip of asphalt, you know, and the expansion joint or whatever that is there. And uh, it's just gotten bigger. Uh, now, a friend of mine came, one guy that uh, does landscaping, he says, oh, he says, you gotta, you got to fill in the sand or whatever underneath. And I thought, okay, can I just, uh, you know, get some concrete and get to kind of cover it up there? I don't know if I'd even have to use 
you know, some kind of screen underneath, but the gaps are getting bigger. It's big enough to have all that asphalt strip just kind of sink down in there. So my question is, do I uh, just basically get the asphalt strip and get that in somehow and then do the cement work? Uh, I heard it's real expensive to have it done, and they said I could save a lot of money last year when he was uh, to do it myself. But uh, can I get by with that, or am I asking for trouble by not addressing that, uh, uh, why there's so much erosion there? I'll just hang up with this and yeah, you're going to want to address uh, – it's just going to come back if you don't address why the erosion was just there. And um, you might want to reach out to Jesse Treble's company, safebasements.com. I know this isn't a basement issue, but they have a they, – they use this product with foam jacking. And it's, you know the nice part about foam jacking, it's a really – compared to mud jacking or sand jacking, the, the, the holes that they actually have to put into the, the surface are much smaller. And because of the way foam expands, it actually will actually compact the soil a little bit. And, and you might be able to raise that up, and then you can go for the patch. And you might not even need the patch, but I would start there. Uh, I know he's, I've had some customers had really good luck with concrete aprons and sidewalks that have kind of, you know, are, have gotten wonky over the years. So, and it's, uh, really in the grand scheme of things compared to replacing a sidewalk or an apron, it's, it's not that expensive. Yeah. And it is amazing because a number of years ago, like I say, my house was built in the mid fifties and we had a void and then eventually it collapsed in part of the garage floor. And a concrete guy came in and helped me, and they ultimately um, cut out some large sections of the garage floor to to get fill in underneath and kind of address that root problem. He said, you can patch it. It's just going to fail again. It, mm-hmm. it was quite a project to get that uh, 1950s garage floor in the voids underneath uh, fixed properly. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a fun uh, fun project usually to, to undergo, but uh, that's why I always get guys like Jesse involved. And and if it can be done uh, a little bit less expensive, I, at least I think it's worth exploring. Yeah, and keeping that water out of there uh, in, in that gap between the garage floor and the apron as well is, is certainly a big deal. Rick, great call. Thanks. Uh, let's go to Steve in St. Cloud. Steve, you're on the Home Improvement Show. Good morning, a long-time listener. Our house was built in 1992, and it's got a brick front. It's a three-stall garage with a single door and a double door. The brick above the garage doors is beginning to settle, and there is a small crack in the mortar of the brick. I suspect the steel plate that is between, you know, right underneath the brick is probably too thin or too weak. Any recommendations on how that can be repaired? Where is the plate? Well, there's a steel plate that runs right underneath the brick, which seems to be supporting the brick when they built the house. Okay. Over the top of the garage door, you're saying? Correct. Yeah. Um, what, how is the, 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 the tuck pointing? Well, like when you say it's settling, are you noticing actual bricks starting to come down or fall off, or are you just seeing cracking in your in your mortar? Yeah, there's cracking in the mortar, maybe about a half inch. So it the settlement really has taken place in the last couple of years, even though the house is nearly 30 years old. Hmm. Well, good thing about... Um, 
brickwork, a lot of times you, out of, out of all of the products that you can maybe find a match or something that's going to look pretty good, if you get the right mason, which last year they were very, very hard to find, um, you might be able to do a patch job and reuse some of the bricks, uh, you know, if you get the right craftsmen out there and, and reinstall these and resupport them so they're, they stop settling. But I would have to take a closer look at it. Where I would start if I were you, is with Luckin Companies uh, right there in St. Cloud. They do a lot of uh, home exterior work. They do a fantastic job. And if if there's somebody in your area of the world that that could do that well, they would know who that is. Nine, very good, Steve. Great call and. Uh, brick is great. I know, uh, speaking of my uh, old home, uh, we actually had to have someone come out and tuck point the chimney because we have an old masonry fireplace, one down in the basement, one on the main level, and then, of course, the old masonry chimney. And that, that needed a fair amount of maintenance, and a lot of people from the ground don't see it. And I'm sure, for instance, your crews come out, not only do you look at the roof, but you look at that chimney as well. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, we just went through a, a class with our chimney specialists. And because last year we, we, we had a few chimneys and we were educated on it that, like, how dangerous some of these wood burning chimneys can be on, on certain things. Um, what people don't understand is uh, if they use mortar on the inside of the chimney, um, that can sometimes deteriorate and it can lead to more soot getting trapped in there. And then the, when the water hits it, it's almost like an acid rain mixture that can happen and it starts to de- deteriorate the inside of that chimney. It can lead to, you know, like a, a chimney fire actually happening. And we've, uh, we were able to identify a few of those last year and work with our Mason. And, um, a lot of times the insurance company, uh, was able to work with us as well uh, on that. Our, our main chimney guy, it's all he does, and there's a different way of doing the mortar and a different mix that you're supposed to be using on the inside of those chimneys. And the cool part is um, a couple of these chimneys we found, too, uh, old-time masons were pretty tricky. Uh, they had some tricks. To the, 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 like They took uh. some bricks. I found like 20, 30 bricks on the inside of a chimney that weren't being used, but they're all brand new. So we're able to use those bricks back over on the chimney and, and not have to replace everything. So I, uh, I love when I tear into something that's 40, 50 years old. And there's a craftsman that thought ahead to the next guy that yes. had to work on it. That's just impressive to me. Yeah, it is. Uh, that, that craftsmanship is extraordinary. Let's go to the phones again here on the Home Improvement Show with Andy Lindis. Uh, Bruce and Avon, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, sirs. Say, I'm wondering, I'm, I have a cathedral ceiling. It's a very high ceiling. It's two stories high, and I have a clear span with these huge uh, rafters, laminated, and it isn't insulated. And it wasn't meant to be when it was built, but I want to insulate it and make it a year-round building. And I'm wondering if I can put sheeting on top of the tongue and groove pine that is that is the sheeting for the ceiling, and also underneath and the inside insulate it too with some more sheeting or does that those boards in between have to breathe can i insulate both sides well you're going to need uh, some type of vapor barrier um so what what kind of so buildings is this use, again it's a it's a log home actually but it has it's a great room kind of concept where it has it's real uh, it's got a clear span 
cathedral-type ceiling. And I thought if I put, you know, uh, uh, insulation on both sides, on top and on the bottom with sheeting, with like two-inch styrofoam or poly or something like that, could you do that and and would the boards in between that have a chance to breathe or isn't that an issue? Uh, no, and that I could be an issue. It could be, especially if you're getting warm air meeting a cold surface, it can definitely be an issue. Um, and I'm really having a hard time picturing what a cathedral ceiling, that means it's a vaulted ceiling, but it's open. There's no ceiling. It's tongue and groove pine. It's right? tongue and groove pine for the seed, for the ceiling, yeah. Why would you want to put plywood uh, over the top of that? Well, I'm, I'm not putting plywood over. I'd like to put insulation over the top of it on the outside. Is that... And then put my and then put a steel roof on it. Okay, that's a that's a horse of a different color. Yeah, what what I would do is remove the old roof. Um, and we do this mm-hmm. a lot on cathedral yep. ceilings. You remove the old roof. We put down three inches of polystyrene foam, and then put the metal roof over the top of that. In fact, I, I found that to be a better option on a lot of uh, story and a half homes that have the knee walls up up uh, upstairs. Just because there's no really good way to ventilate that space or insulate that space to to ensure you don't have ice dams, but um, the inside where you have tongue and groove, I wouldn't do anything. And if uh, when you're redoing the roof, um, there's a chance maybe we we pull up all the decking and we spray foam that area or repack that dense pack that uh, that ceiling with uh, cellulose and then put the put the sheeting back down, put polystyrene over the top of that. And then a metal roof over the top of that. You'd still have a hot roof, but you're going to have a very well insulated hot roof that doesn't have a chance for any type of air movement. Makes sense. All right, very good. Yeah. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for the call. Uh, we've got a quick break. We've got more with Andy Lindis coming up. It is our home improvement show, and it comes your way on Saturday mornings between nine and ten a.m. Here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO, and it's brought to you by Lindis Construction. The website lindusconstruction.com or 1-800-LEAVE-CART. Quick break. We have more with Andy in a moment here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. It is the Home Improvement Show on a Saturday morning here at News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Steve Thompson in. Denny Long back tomorrow morning. Andy Lindus joining us from Lindus Construction. Always good to visit with Andy. A big thanks for all the calls and texts here on the program today. And we still have time, 651-989-9226. Call or text 651-989-9226. Andy, from the text line, we have to fix some shingles that have come off during the winter. When is a good time to do this? Uh... Obviously, we're concerned about rains. There's rain in the forecast this week. Is it something that can be done? Can a repair be made uh, during cool weather like we're seeing here? Absolutely. Yes, I would do it as soon as you possibly can. Um, uh, Like always, be safe if you're doing it yourself and use the proper equipment. Uh, One of the things that I always get scared of, Steve, is homeowners show me the ladders they use. And some of the equipment that they use to get up on their roofs, and I'm like, 
it's not even close to safe. Um, standing on the top rung or the 35-year-old hand-me-down wood ladder they got from Grandpa, um, it's just, just, just be careful. This time of year, we start to notice things about our homes, and a lot more people are going to be in and around their homes now, and we're going to try to tackle projects that we just don't know uh, enough about and sometimes create more harm or harm ourselves. And just take your time, research. YouTube is an excellent source for DIY information. And worst case scenario, if you have a question, my phones are always on. Somebody here will try to guide you in the right direction. Yeah, and I would assume people are discovering inevitably there's going to be uh, the potential for damage over the winter months, snow, ice, maybe people using roof rakes. Even though it didn't seem to be uh, a terrible winter for the need for people to pull snow, but I'm sure, Andy, you, you've seen that over the years. People trying to get snow off the roof damage those shingles. Yeah, and as we start to uh, you know walk around our houses for the first time since I don't know October, for some of us, it uh, with the with the snow melting away. We tend to find uh, what looks to be like building materials in our yards, and we're trying to look up at our house. I'm like, where did this come from? What? <laughs> right. How did this come off here? Is this my shingle or the neighbor's shingle or the neighbor's piece of siding? And uh, so if, if you're not comfortable getting up there, one of the things you can do if you want to inspect your roof is try to get a little bit farther away from your house, get a pair of binoculars, and just kind of take a look for anything loose or that seems to be missing. And... You know, and if you're worried about it, a lot of times with, with, with the way cameras are nowadays, you can take a picture, email it to us, we'll gladly tell you if it's something you should worry about or something that you'll be okay with. And one of the things people should probably do is get around the house and uh, put those uh, downspouts, if you will, back in place. Some come separated. I know I took a walk around my house, and the wind blows them off, et cetera, and if we get rain you want to make sure you're getting that rain away from the house so make sure those are in place probably a really good idea on a, a sunny day like today yes uh being outside today is something i'm looking forward to the the rest of the day i'll be doing yard work myself picked up a couple of rakes i have uh <laughs> some of my woods area that needs uh, some attention i know uh maybe raking's a little bit too early but I got uh, all the kids home this weekend, so we're going to put them to work. And I also, I do have one section of my roof that does need attention. I had a branch fall on it. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be tackling that today, so at least it's nice out. Yeah, for sure. And with rain coming in and eventually the frost going out of the soil, it's a time of year when my sump pump does run. When, when that frost goes out, we get a little bit of rain. Uh, th- this is a time when people are going to potentially see a leak in that basement. And that's, once again, there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's an entire system, and Linda's can help with that. Yeah, for sure. You know, gutters uh, a lot of times aren't completely free of ice. Uh, to think of the downspout, especially if you have one of those smaller downspouts, it goes underneath the overhang. It doesn't get nearly as much sun as the rest of the roof or the guttering system. So a lot of times that can be clogged with tree debris or ice. And so water gets in there, we get these rains, and it starts overflowing. So if you're handy at all and you can take that part uh, apart and get that free and clear or or do some water testing or just make sure your gutters are free and clear or, you know, um, like our, our system, LeafGuard, you just don't have to worry about it. But uh, the rains are coming, Steve, and this is the time of year when, when people start to talk to us about wet basements. I know Jesse's phones are ringing off the hook for battery backup systems and sub-pump systems uh, for people to take a look at that. And 
It's always cheaper to worry about that stuff on the front end than to deal with the thousands of dollars worth of damage that wet basements can cause. So if that's an issue, try to take care of your landscaping gutters and do a little front-end work here. Yeah, about the sump pump. I, I have never done this, but I think about it every spring. I never get around to it. About testing the sump pump and making sure that it works. It, it's been sitting idle for months and months and months. Is, is there a good way to take that cover off and maybe put a little water down there and make sure at least it's operating? Is that something that is recommended? Yeah, depending on uh, the type of sub-pump the system that you have, you might have to put some water in there and see if the, the float goes up, if it's yep. a protected float. So you need the float to raise up before the sub-pump kicks in. If it's not a protected float, um, where it's just like a little ball in there, like you would kind of see in the inside of a toilet tank, um, you can probably just reach down, grab it, pull it up, and the sub pump should kick on. Now, for me, I have uh, the covered tank now with the battery backup with another pump, so we'll test both pumps and the battery just to be on the safe side because I uh, I have had power outages before, and I just don't want to have to deal with it. In fact, the only time that what led me to getting the battery backup, Steve, was a hockey puck. Um, it, uh, I didn't have a cover over my sub pump ass in the basement and it was the shooting gallery for, for my kids. And, uh, it actually wedged the, the, the float for not being able to come up. So water was spilling in there. wouldn't engage the float. And I got soggy socks one morning walking down to the basement and kicked the pump on. She started working again and literally, uh, barely avoided any carpet damage. Another two inches, it would have gotten to the one spot of the basement that has carpet and, uh, uh, I, we, we narrowly avoided that, but uh, from that point on, I'll never have to worry about that again. That, that is a great story, uh, the, the hockey puck in, in the, in the uh, sump basket. Um, Andy, one other quickie here, and this goes to a foundation. I need to waterproof a rock and mortar foundation. I know time is tight here at the end of the program. Should I spray or brush or roll uh, to waterproof that rock and mortar foundation? That's old. You know, I would spray, but make sure you protect anything around it for overspray, especially on the edges. You might have to do a little bit of uh, brushing or rolling in addition to that, but spraying on that waterproofing seems to be the best bet. Well, I know uh, we we talked at the beginning of the show, a very unique time for all of us, Uh, certainly uh, a unique time at Lindus Construction. Uh, Once again, Andy, how do people reach Lindus Construction? What's the way to go? lindisconstruction.com you can always reach us uh, on any of our social media platforms facebook uh any of them and of course 1-800 leaf guard and we'll get through this uh we got a strong team and uh it's i'm telling you we're all coming together on this steve we're gonna we're gonna figure this out yeah no, no doubt about it and once again you're working with your crews a lot of training going on and uh once again, uh, a very busy time of year. I know people are, are going to be active uh, on our, our text line. People already thinking about cleaning their decks, and in the minute or two uh, remaining we have on the program, is it too early? Uh, we, we get a day in the 40s or 50s. Can people maybe clean their deck? Is, is that suitable, or should, should they wait a little bit longer before they try and clean that deck up and those types of products? You can definitely do that now. Just keep an eye on the weather. You don't want to have to stay in a deck and have it rained on. And as long as we're getting into that 40, 50 degree range, cleaning it and washing it, you're you're 100% okay with that. 
um, my steps are on, on a wood deck, clean it, wash it, use a brightener and conditioner. That's going to open the pores back up of the wood, and then you put an oil-based stain on like Sickens or Penafin, and we're getting to the point where almost uh, we're, we're there. I think uh, for the most part, the weather is going to hold out. We can start doing projects like that. All right, Andy, always good to visit with you. Thanks so much uh, for joining us here on the Home Improvement Show, brought to you by Linda's Construction. And, of course, we're on the air each and every Saturday morning between 9 and 10. A lot of great calls, a lot of great texts, as always. Thanks again, Andy. Have a great week. There he is, Andy Lindus, once again, from Linda's Construction. And, of course, that website, lindusconstruction.com, L-I-N. D-U-S construction.com and of course 1-800-LEAVE-GUARD is the phone number.